Jeffrey's scripture is from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17. Hear the word of the Lord. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I could stand here for a while and introduce Jeffrey. For many of you, he doesn't need any introduction. He played uh, for Danville High School. He became a quarterback in the seventh grade, I believe, very early on. He played quarterback and running back position. Uh, I asked him what his biggest thrill was, and his biggest thrill was hitting sometimes and sometimes getting hurt yourself while also hurting. So I'm going to get out of his way before long. Right now he works as an insurance adjuster, and he's got a wonderful story. Got a story of how the lessons that he learned on the football field have gone with him for a lifetime. And it is my honor, it is my pleasure today to introduce to you our guest speaker, uh, Jeffrey Guest. Let's welcome him. Can y'all hear me? Good morning. So, my name is Jeffrey Guest. Um, some of y'all may know me. Um, a lot of y'all may not. Um, hopefully, by the time I tell you my story, um, you'll get to know me, and, and, and it will be familiar to you, and, and hopefully it, it helps you out um, through a long run in your life. Um, I grew up in this town. Some of y'all know it as Bull County. Some of y'all know it as Danville. I know it as Titletown, because it's <laughs> basically what it is to me. Um, and so, as a young kid... Um, my biggest thing was going to church on Sundays with my nanny, and then after church, going to play football. And playing football with, with my cousins and, and, and my friends in the community and, and my brother, it, it was like one of the most inspirational things that happened to me. But it also taught me something at the same time, because I was the smallest kid on the field. Even though it was backyard, I was the smallest kid on the field, so it was hard for me to even gain yards, hard for me to even score a touchdown. So at the times when I did score a touchdown, I'd go home the happiest kid ever and, and brag and throw it in my brother's face and throw it in my cousin's face. And when I didn't score, I'd go home crying. And, and so what it taught me was that I had to be mentally strong to, to be able to handle what, what, what life is, is going to entail on you. And life hits you hard, and it hits you, it hits you fast. Um, and so I, I, I carry that with me. I carry that, that fear and that, that mental strength with me through middle school and, and had, a, had a good middle school career. Then I got up to high school. And, but when I started high school, I didn't want to play at all. I was like, no, I'm just one of the, be this, one of the smallest kids out there. I don't want to play with them. I was... Looking at the high school roster and seeing the kids that was coming back, I was like, yeah, I'm not going out for football. So I was at home one day, and they had already started football practice, and they was uh, in two days already, and they had been out there for like two or three days. And I 
prayed to God the night before, and I was just like, if you want me to play football, give me a sign, which is weird because the very, very next morning, I heard knock up my nanny's door. And I go to open the door, and it's Mario Berry. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, why are you not at practice? And I'm like, why are you not at practice? And he was like, come on, you're going to practice. And I looked back at my nanny, and she was like, don't look at me. <laughs> and so I was like, you want me to come right now? And he was like, yeah. I was like, all I got on is tennis shoes and some shorts. Are you good? I was like, let me put a shirt on. He wouldn't let me put a shirt on. He wouldn't even let me put socks on. So here I am just running out with shorts on and tennis shoes. And then as I'm getting to the athletic facility at Denver High School, I'm nervous. I'm already sweating, and I was like, oh, man. So I get into the building, and I see people putting their helmets and shoulder pads on. And I got to go up the steps. And at the time, Danville's steps is, the wood is real old. So it was like walking into a horror movie. And every step that I kept taking, it kept creaking. It kept going, eek, eek, eek. <laughs> so the whole way going up the steps, I was just like, oh, man, what am I going to get into? And as soon as I opened the door to the coach's office, Coach Harp said, there he is. <laughs> I was like, hey, I guess everybody's waiting on me. <laughs> so what that taught me was, that God showed me that my path right now is to, to be out here playing football and, and helping my teammates out and, and doing um, my, the, my best abilities to, to, to try to bring a title back to Danville. And we did go on later that year and win a state championship. Um, I played in two more um, within high school. Um, we fell short of both of them. But the most remember a moment that I ever had in high school was my senior year. It was very, very, very tough on me. I could remember a few games into the season that my girlfriend at the time, she had told me that she was pregnant. And it was very tough because I'm young. I'm like, what, what am I going to be able to I can't be a man. I don't know what it is to, to raise a kid. So I was nervous. And it went with me the whole day. And I remember being at the pep rally in school because we had pep rallies the game before or the day of Boyle County game. I remember being at the pep rally at Boyle County game, and I wasn't cheering. I wasn't happy. I just wanted to go home. I really wanted the day to be over with because I had too much on my mind. So I didn't talk to anybody. I went home, and I slept. And I remember my nanny coming in and waking me up and saying, Jeffrey, get up. You got team dinner. And I was like, all right, let's go. So on my way there, I wasn't saying much to her. And she asked me, is something wrong? And I was like, no, nah, nothing's bothering me. So I went ahead and went through it. And then it comes game time. And that by far was the most overcoming game that I had ever faced was going against Boyle County. Was three, the first three years, we had lost to them. And it's my senior year, so I wanted it so bad. So I didn't say anything to anybody. And usually I'm the one that stands up in the middle and talks to people and tries to rally people up and get people excited and get people going for the game. But that game I didn't say much because I had a lot going on. I remember fumbling five times and thinking in my head, 
how can I overcome this? How, how can I bounce back from fumbling five times against our, our crosstown rival? And I just remember going to the sideline because Boy Candy had just scored and they took the lead and it was like two minutes left. So I remember going to the sideline and putting my head down. And then at the time, my coach, Coach B, came up smacking his gum all out and smacks my helmet. And I'm like, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I was like, I'm playing football. And he was like, no. He was like, you're not being yourself. You're not having fun. You're not enjoying it. He was like, he was like what's going on? I was like, nothing. So they kick it off to us. And I go to my cousin, Dalen, and I'm like, get in. Go in. And so he goes in. And I'm on the sideline. I'm just watching my team, and I'm hoping that they lead us a victory uh, off of my mistakes that I made. Is I'm hoping that they, they're able to lead us a victory. So I'm just standing there just watching. And I remember getting down to the 20-yard line, their 20, to go in and score. And Coach Harp and them direct me to go in. And I look back at him, and I'm like, no. And he's like, no, go in. So I go in. I was just a decoy. I was just blocking. And we get down to the five. And at this time, it was first and goal. We run two plays, and they stop us short twice. And now it's third and, third and goal on the three-yard line. And I remember Coach Harp calling a timeout. And at that time, he was like, we're going goal line, we're going wishbone, 36 goal line pass. And I was thinking in my head, I'm the right running back. Hold on, that's coming to me. No, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I'll try to creep out of the huddle and get someone else in there at the same time. And Coach Hart was like, where are you going? I was like, nowhere. <laughs> and so during the play, when the play happens, it snaps. And, like, all I can remember is a split second that Bull County rushed in and they played the run, and I was out by myself at the goal line. And I remember turning around and the ball's in the air. And only, nobody's back there. It's just me, the air, and the ball. So I know in that split second, I closed my eyes and was like, please, God, whatever you do, just let me catch this. <laughs> and so I caught it, scored, and we end up going up 35-33, winning the game. So I remember at the end, I was crying like a baby. And it wasn't because I was upset. It was just because I had a lot on my mind, and we found a way to win. And I found a way to pull through and overcome and it was just crazy how, at that moment, God was there by me, and he gave me the courage and, and, and the strength to, to make sure I, I pulled the catch in to, to lead my team to victory. And so I remember crying, and LEX18 was trying to interview me at the end of the game. <laughs> and, like, I was just crying my eyes out. So they was asking me questions that I wasn't able to answer them. And they were like, well, we'll come back and interview, interview you later. And I was like, no, don't come back at all. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be interviewed. So the first two people that I seen when I was coming off the field was my mom and my nanny. And my nanny looks at me and hugs me. And her favorite line, uh, when, when something is terrible and something's going wrong, her favorite thing she'll say is, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> So she hugged me and said, Lord, have mercy. But I knew what that meant because I knew my, my nanny. At the, and I, I know she understands that when she said, when I understand when she says, Lord, have mercy, that means everything is going to be all right. Let God handle it. So 
at that time I was able to, to, to get my composure and gather myself and, and go into the locker room and, and without tears. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and went on and had uh, uh, an amazing senior year. Um, and then I left off to go to college. But I didn't get to go to the college that I wanted to go to. Because even though I worked hard on the field, I didn't do the same thing in the classroom. So earlier that year, EKU had backed out on me in a scholarship. And it was because I didn't meet up to their expectations for the GPA or the ACT. So I was going out to a small college in California. And at that same time, my son was born. And while I was there, it was just a lot because I would think that I needed to be home with him to raise him. And so I prayed about it. And again, I said a prayer and I was just like, God, if you want me to be home to, to, to raise my son and you want me to be there for him, show me a sign. The very next day, my nanny calls. I'm like, hello, you coming home? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be home. I'm on the next flight. So I get home, and I'm there, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm raising my son, and then I get another opportunity. My coach calls me and was like, Jeffrey, he was like, I got you an opportunity to go play football. And I was like, all right, where? And he was like, it's, I was like, I'm not going nowhere out of state. I was like, I'm not doing that again. He was like, it's right down the street. So I was like, all right, where at? He was like, Campbellsville University. He was like, I know it's not anything that you want to do, and it's not a big school. He was like, but you at least need to get a couple of years under your belt and get football back up under you, and then you can transfer and go to a bigger school. I was like, all right, that's fine with me. I'll, I'll do that. Well, I get to Campbellsville. I didn't play my first year. I didn't play my first year, and at Campbellsville is where I really grasped God again back in my life. Because on Wednesdays, you got to go to chapel. And you, you gotta, you gotta, it's basically church. And you have to have these hours in order to graduate. And so I remember every Wednesday, the bell going off, boom, boom, at noon. Cause, and everybody's like trying to race there and get to the chapel. Because if you're late, they won't let you in. So I remember battling and, and finally getting the opportunity come spring football to, to, to show my abilities and to get back on the field. So spring workouts, from practice to football, it, 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 I showed my abilities and I was in the mix to, to be the starting corner. But after all that, I was exhausted. But I knew from the things that I learned from high school and middle school football that I can overcome my fears and that I was mentally tough and, and that I was ready, so I, but I just needed a break. So I went home for that summer and was back home and was working and was there with my son and was there with him day in and day out, night in and night out, and just taking care of him. So it was just like something that I didn't want to miss. I didn't want to go back to college and then just see my son on weeks that we don't have football or that we didn't have football practice because college football is a job and it's very enduring on you and it was just hard so it was like a lot of time my first year I wasn't seeing my son as much so I prayed to God again in this situation I was just like if you want me to stay home 
and not play college football no more. Like, give me away, show me something. I know a couple of days right before we had football camp on August 7th of 2009, I had my car wreck. And the only thing I remember about the car wreck was the beginning and the end. The beginning when my left tire blew and I tried to pull over and hit a ditch and flip. And then the end when a nurse woke me up and I started in the driver's seat, but at the time I was driving a Jeep Cherokee and I ended up in the back in the hatch. And I remember an off-duty nurse waking me up and she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she was like, be still. And I remember telling her to get her hands off of me, like, don't touch me, I'm fine. I'll, I'll get up and walk in a minute. And then when I said that, for some reason, something split in my head for me to touch my legs. And so I reached down and touched my legs, and then I realized at that moment I couldn't feel them. And I looked over to, to the nurse, and I said, I can't feel my legs. And when I said that, she told the paramedics that he can't feel his legs, and so they told me to be still. And then that's when I started getting strapped, and my neck was starting to get strapped in, and everything was, like, starting to happen so fast. I remember being in the helicopter and, and, and flying to the hospital. And I think that might have been like the quickest ride to the hospital I've ever been in in my life. Because <laughs> I was talking to the paramedics, and then next thing you know, he said, we're here. And I'm like, we're, we're where? And he was like, we're at the hospital. So we was at UK. And I remember at that moment, like, laying up, sitting in the bed, or not, well, not laying up, but I was laying there, sitting in the bed. I was strapped in because they didn't want me to move. And I remember just looking up at my nanny and my mom, and my nanny rubbing my head and again saying, Lord, have mercy. So I remember that, and then I remember a few minutes later, as we was there at like 6 o'clock, I remember the doctors coming in at like 10, and he was saying, Jeffrey, your vertebrae's crushed, and it's bruised your spinal cord. So I'm thinking okay, it's just bruised. I, I, give me surgery and I'll, and I'll be fine. Get me out of here. And he was like, no. He was like, I wanted to be real with you that you would never have the possibility to walk again. And at that moment, I tried to cry, but I think I, my mouth was so dry and I wasn't able to have anything to drink. Like I didn't have anything to cry out. So I was just like, all right, well, get me surgery. And he was like, and he waited. So I didn't get surgery until the very next morning. So I sat in from 6 p.m. to 7 a.m. when I finally got surgery. Then after that, I went off to Cardinal Hill. And I was thinking in my head, and that's when I started questioning things and asking God, why me? And I know in life we're not supposed to question. We're not supposed to ask him questions of, of your path and where you're supposed to be going in life. But I asked him, why me? Like, there was a person that I was rooming with that... He had the same injury as me, and he severed his spinal cord, yet he was getting feeling back and walking again, and here I am with no feeling, and I, I'm not able to walk. So I, was just, I just wanted to know, and at that time, I, I really lost my path and lost faith because I questioned him so much, and 
it, it was very hard. It was very hard on me. It was very hard on, on, on my mom. It was very hard on my nanny. It was very hard on my girlfriend at the time. And so I, I stayed living with my mom. And at that moment, I watched my brother graduate from college and get his master's degree. And I was just trying to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to do? Because I thought my life was to play football. That's what I wanted. That's, that's what I wanted. So I thought my life was supposed to play football. And so then I just sat in the room. And my brother, I remember my brother coming in there one day and was like, you need to go back to school. So I went back to school. I started off with online classes because I didn't feel confident and comfortable with myself. I didn't want nobody to look at me. I didn't want people to see me. So I remember doing online classes when I first started out. And then after that, I gradually started taking classes at the Manor and then taking classes on campus. So I did finally graduate. But in the time that I was graduating, I had someone approach me with the opportunity to go to Bangkok and get stem cell surgery and an epidural stimulator put in my spinal cord. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. If, I think this is God's calling. I'm, I'm supposed to go do this. So I, I did everything. I told my story and, and explained and, and did everything so I, to raise the money so I can go to Bangkok. When I get there, and I felt it was successful for me because I wasn't able to stand at all. But now I was able to stand for 10 to 15 minutes with a wheelchair or parallel bars. And so the biggest question that I get asked every time I'm back home is, do you think it was successful? And I tell everybody, yeah. Like, I can stand when I do physical therapy with parallel bars and a walker. I was like, but I can't stand, but, but I can't stand without the epidural stimulator being on. So, I, But I feel like it was a success. And so after that, when I got back, I just went back to, to working because I felt like my calling wasn't sports, but I have my son that needs me. So I'm coaching him every day through life, and, and, and I'm giving him the tools so when he gets older, he can be successful and he knows how to, to, to be a man so when he no longer needs me. So it, I'm working, and, and I remember one day, riding in the car with my son and and my son was like dad and I was like what he was like how do you keep going on and I was like what he was like how do you keep going on in life and I was like and I looked at him and I was I was like because my job is for me to raise you and put you in a position for you to be successful and I feel like God has been there and given me the strength to feel confident and feel comfortable with myself every day. And he was like, yeah, I know that. He was just like, I just don't understand. And I was just like, if you work hard and you believe in God, things will happen your way. And I was like, this wasn't my path. I was like, but, or this wasn't the path that I wanted. I was like, but this was the path that God gave me. And I was like, and that's why I'm trying to teach you to be a man and grow up and, and take responsibilities. And he said, he's like, all right, I, I get it now. I said, so when football and basketball is over, what are you going to do? 
He was like, I don't know. I said, it's just like I tell you every day, football and basketball last a game, but work ethic and your belief in God last a lifetime. And he was like, he just sat back and he just took it in. So I'm not here to say overcoming obstacles is easy. I'm not here to say that that if you keep grinding and, and you keep pushing forward to it, it, it'll make those obstacles easy. But what I am here to tell you is that if you believe in God and your work ethic is the number one trait, then you will be successful in life. My name is Jeffrey Guest. Thank you for letting me speak to you.